Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Well, hey friends, welcome back to Anchored In Always. Um, And so the last episode, I started the conversation um, about boundaries and really just kind of talking about personally how um, this last, you know, year, especially in my life, it's been something that I've really had to um, use more. Like I've really grown in setting healthy boundaries. And one thing that was really helpful was something my dad had shared with me that Uh, I shared with you all last week that you really can't set boundaries um, on other people. And I think, you know, I had been trying to do that often in my life, just trying to place a boundary on somebody else and then getting frustrated when maybe they didn't honor that boundary. Um, And so the importance of really setting boundaries for myself and that they're a good thing um, and that really it's for our protection. And I felt like even for my sanity Um, And so I had mentioned a book uh, last week that I had also used that helped me a lot, which was the Lisa Turkhurst, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. Um, But then I was talking to my dad and I I remembered another book that I had read a long time ago by Dr. James Dobson, which is Love Must Be Tough. And that book also kind of talks about boundaries and, you know, um, in relationships. And so I wanted to invite my dad on the podcast First, because it's been a while since he's been on, um, and I always enjoy talking with him on here and, and then allowing him to just share what the Lord speaks to his heart on certain topics with you all. And so, Dad, um, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It's great to have you back. Um, so I just love getting on here and chatting with you. Uh, well, I as well, honey. It's always good to it's always good to be back. It's always good to uh, chat with you because, again, I think I say this probably every time we do this, but... Um, it gives me that opportunity to uh, see your face. I know the people listening don't realize we're zooming this, so we're we're able to see each other, even though they can't see us. But um, yeah, it's good to be on. It's always good to be able to to share some things with uh, people who are interested in what we're talking about. Not everybody's interested in what I talk about, but some people are. So I'm excited to be here today. Yes, definitely. And I really just wanted to, you know. Um, one thing I love about having you on the the show is just getting more of a a scriptural biblical perspective on some of the topics that that um, I'm discussing on the podcast. I try to share um, scripture myself, but I know like um, that you know sometimes we can take a deeper dive with you on certain things and hear even more scripture. Which I just um, I feel like, and I know you feel like our opinions and our thoughts on things aren't as important as what the Bible has to say about these topics. And so I just really value that input that you bring from a scriptural standpoint. So with that, dad, I'm just going to jump into the first question here that I had for you. And, um, it really is, you know, not just in marriage, you know, I spoke a little bit about just some of the things in my marriage, but just in relationships in general, um, what is really the difference between forgiveness 
and enabling toxic behavior to continue? Like, what does the Bible have to say about that? Because I think some people, um, I struggled with, um, if I forgive this person who has hurt me or continues to hurt me, um, does that mean that by forgiving them, I'm just enabling them to continue this behavior? I think that people feel that way. And so they're scared to like truly forgive somebody because they think that's just writing off everything they've done or allowing them to continue um, the hurtful behaviors, if that makes sense. So what does, what do you have to say about that? Like, what does the Bible say about that? Well, look, uh, this is probably a dangerous question today, just from this perspective is um, the topic of forgiveness is something that you could have a whole podcast on and still not cover it. And I'm always a little leery to uh, share some things about forgiveness because I, I you can't give the wide scope of it. Um, but I think uh, the majority of people that I run into, and when I say people, uh, let me be more specific, the majority of believers, professing believers that I run into have a very skewed understanding of forgiveness. Um, and one of them is this this very thing is, is we tend to think that forgiveness is something for the person who's offended us. And so when we look at that, when, when we have that perspective, then what happens is we're we're leery to forgive because of what might happen to us again. So we say, well, I'm not gonna forgive. Because I don't want to let that person off the hook. The problem with that is, is that if we understand forgiveness correctly, it isn't about letting another person off the hook. It's about letting ourselves off the hook. Forgiveness, if I could um, kind of give a definition, is emotionally releasing one who has offended us and leaving the consequences or the vindication of that offense to God. That's really what forgiveness is all about. It, and so what happens when I forgive someone, I'm freeing myself. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked with people who, who, who have been bitter because they won't forgive, and their reason for not forgiving is... Um, I want that person to suffer more. I want them to know what they've done to me. I, I, I can't let them off the hook. First of all, we don't even have the authority to let someone off the hook. The only one who can pardon a sin is God. Okay, so when we're forgiving, we are freeing ourselves from the consequence of bitterness and holding on to bitterness. And so forgiveness is just, it, that's a huge thing. And I, I think that I think that when we forgive, it's not necessarily that we're, we're not enabling a, a toxic behavior to continue. It may continue. But if we understand that the reason we're forgiving is for our benefit and not for their benefit, we have to forgive. Okay. And I mean, you know, we think about it. And again, I, I don't want to make this all about forgiveness because I know that's not what this, this podcast is about, but just a couple scriptures that I think are important. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, in forgiveness is um, when Jesus in the Lord's prayer in Matthew six, 
uh, one of the phrases in there, forgive us our trespasses in the same way that we forgive those who trespass against us. Now stop and think about that phrase. We're saying, Father, I want you to forgive me the same way I've forgiven the one who's offended me. That's what we're saying. That's what that prayer is. Forgive us our trespasses in the same way we forgive those who trespass or sin against us. So the issue is this. We're not saying we want this person to continue with this toxic behavior. We're not saying we want to continue to go through this situation. We're just saying we want to be free from any kind of bitterness, any kind of uh, emotional and mental torment that's going to come to us as a result of holding on to, to our unforgiveness, all right? So it, there is a sense in which forgiveness doesn't have anything to do with whether we enable or not enable someone with toxic behavior to continue. Um, I think of uh, in Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 4, it's very interesting. I, I mean, think about this. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, if your brother sins against you and comes and repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in one day and comes and says, I repent, you are to forgive him. Wow. Seven times in one day. And I, and listen, I don't think that Jesus is saying we need to count to seven here. I, I think Jesus, what he's saying, as a matter of fact, it's the same thing he said to Peter in, in Matthew 18 when Peter came to him and said, Lord, uh, how often should I forgive my, my brother up to when he sins against me? Up to seven times? You know, and I think Peter was looking for a pat on the back with that because the Jewish scribes during that time that Jesus walked on the earth there, the Jewish scribes taught their people that you only had to forgive a person three times for the same offense. And after that, you didn't have to. And Peter, I think Peter's one, attaboy, Peter, attaboy. You know, he says, how how often should I forgive my brother when he sins again? Up to seven times? Very interesting phrase that Peter says there. What's the boundary? What's the boundary? What's the limit? Up to seven times? I'm going to look really good, Jesus, because right now we only have to do it three, but I'll double that and even tag one, add one extra to it, up to seven. And if you remember Jesus' response, what did he say? Not seven times, Peter, 70 times seven. Well, that's 490. Now, you honestly think that Jesus wanted us to 490 times to count an offense against us? So that when we get to 489, we can say, hey, buddy, you only got one more, you know, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. No, what Jesus was saying to there is no boundary on that. There's no limit on forgiveness. Why? Because there's no limit on the freedom you need to have in your life as a believer mm -hmm. uh, 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 away from the toxicity of bitterness that comes when we are unforgiving. So. Whether it's in marriage, whether it's in relationship indifference, God wants us to forgive, but the purpose of that forgiveness is our freedom, our freedom and relationship with him. Do you, do you know how hard it is to pray to God if you're holding a bitterness towards someone? Do you know how, uh, matter of fact, um, and I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture out here, but in uh, Hebrews 12, 15, it's very interesting. Um, the apostle who wrote Hebrews said, be careful not to miss the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness 
spring up among you, and by it defiles many. In other words, bitterness takes a deep root in our life, and it not only affects us, it poisons relationships around us that we don't even want it to poison, but it just poisons the relationships around us. So this, this whole thing of forgiveness is a huge, huge thing. I remember uh, reading one time, Billy Graham said years ago, that if he could go into mental institutions and simply free people from the from the bitterness they hold and teach them how to forgive, he would release 80% of the people that have mental illness. I thought, well, that's an amazing statement. Uh, so uh, that's the that's the value of forgiveness, and it, and that doesn't necessarily relate to whether we're enabling someone or not enabling someone. I think that's a whole different uh, subject. We need to be forgiving. No matter how toxic someone's behavior has been, we still have to forgive them, okay? And and part of that, um, you know, I, I just mentioned this scripture, so if people want to go out and read it, but Matthew 18, um, probably around, uh, matter of fact, let, let me look real quick so I give the, uh, uh, the right scripture. Matthew 18, probably beginning around verse 21 and going down to verse... Uh, to the end of the chapter, verse 35. And that's that section where Peter asked Jesus how many times he had to forgive. J Jesus gives the most extended treatment about forgiveness in that parable. He gives a parable there and then some teaching on it. And um, it, it, it it's huge because our forgiveness is to be in proportion to how God has forgiven us. How much has God forgiven us? Well, according to the parable, God forgave us on uh, insurmountable debt. We could have never paid off the debt he forgave us. Uh, and yet the point of the parable is that no one could ever offend us to the same degree that we offended God. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if God has forgiven us everything, why would we not forgive others? But if, and, 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 and I know people kind of quiver when they hear that. But again, if you understand that the forgiveness has to do with releasing yourself, freeing yourself from the toxicness that bitterness brings, you, you, you would rush to be forgiving. It doesn't mean you're going to continue to be enabling. It simply means you're forgiving. They're two different subjects. So uh, maybe spend a little more time on that than what we thought, but, uh, you know, um, thought it was important. I, I mean, it's just a very important, and I would I would encourage people to go and read Luke 17, 1 through 4, uh, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, um, you know, uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, where Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, read those, Ephesians 4, 32, um, you know, be tenderhearted, loving one another, forgiving one another as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven us. Again, there's that comparison of, look, how much has God forgiven you? That's that's how much you, here's your limit. Here's your limit on forgiveness. When you can say that you've forgiven someone as much as God has forgiven you, then you can stop forgiving. Yeah. None of us can reach that. Right. None of us can reach that. So I don't know if that kind of helps answer that question or not, but Please yeah. give some thoughts on forgiveness. Yes, no, definitely. I think that um, you said a lot of really important things there. Just the the obedience that that we're called to forgive, you know, um, people too. And then it's not so much like I really liked what you said. You know, it's not so much about not enabling toxic behaviors because again, we can't control how people respond. Um, but that we are just called to 
uh, forgive um, others. And in doing that, it, it, uh, it's for us, you know, so we don't have that root of bitterness that would just continue to grow when we don't forgive those um, around us. And I think a good example of that recently too, is, um, you know, like I, I've just shared the struggle on here um, in my own marriage in the last year. And, um, you know, some of my family members have, um, have been uh, hurt in the situation as well. And so recently, um, you know, Chad, my brother, um, went and had a really great conversation with Josh, with my husband and sat down and talked to him. And one of the things Chad told me after that conversation later was just how surprised he went in, you know, when he went into that conversation, I don't know that he expected it. He, he definitely didn't expect it to go the way that it went. Um, but he said when he forgave my husband for, just some choices that he had made that had hurt not only me, but our family. Um, he said he, he walked away from that conversation with like a huge weight lifted off his shoulders and just a sense of mm -hmm. freedom. Like, you know, like just in looking him in the eye and saying, you know, hearing him out and saying, I forgive you um, was so powerful for Chad. And that it really even surprised him um, that it, it wasn't so much for Josh, but like it, he intended it for Josh, but he was surprised, but ha by how, um, how he was impacted by doing that. And, um, but, and it really hit him, like it really hit him hard. Like, man, it just really taught me, showed me the importance of forgiveness. Right. So, and I think that's everything that you just said. Well, you know, um, and let me, let me say one other thing with that, honey, uh, because mm -hmm. that was a, that was a situation that went good. Okay. When the sense yeah. that, that, uh, not only did Chad, uh, not only was he open to forgive Josh, but Josh had taken, Josh took the path of humility in wanting to seek that. Okay. Right. But let's, let's, let's throw a little clinker in there. Okay. Here's the clinker. What do you do about a person who's not interested in having your forgiveness? What do you do with a person who has hurt you, who's offended you, who's wounded you, but they don't care? You know, they don't care. So you would go to them and say, uh, I just want you to know I forgive you. And they, they don't care whether you forgive them. Yeah. Matter of fact, they'd hurt you again. It doesn't matter to them. What do we do then? We have to do the same thing. That becomes the tougher thing. You know, right. it's it's a lot easier to be able to forgive someone who humbly acknowledges the wrong, uh, that humbly wants that forgiveness, it is much easier to do that than it is to forgive a person who doesn't really give a rip whether they hurt you or not, and probably given the opportunity might even hurt you again. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you respond? Well, again, we always come back to understanding that forgiveness is our freedom. So yeah. it doesn't matter. We are going to forgive. And, and the classic example of that, remember, we're to forgive as Christ forgave us. So all we need to remember is Jesus hanging on that cross. And what did he say to those people who were mocking him, abusing him? None of them wanted him off that cross. They wanted him to suffer. They wanted to, matter of fact, they wanted to increase his suffering by heaping insults and mockery upon him as he hung there. And what did he say to them? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. You know, listen, right. this is the son of God who could have called down a legion of angels and wiped out the entire crowd that was standing there uh, to say, you know, who are you to be mocking me? But he showed us how we're to handle those toxic people 
that may not even want our forgiveness. So you, you've got one situation, which, boy, I wish every situation was like that. I wish right. every situation would be that, that the person humbles themselves and wants that forgiveness and acknowledges their wrong and their woundedness so that forgiveness is easy to give. But sometimes that doesn't happen. We still have the responsibility before Christ to forgive because he, you know, he forgave us when we didn't want it. Mm -hmm. When he was on that cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let me tell you something. That wasn't just to the crowd that was standing there mocking him. That was to all of humanity who would ever be born after that and would still mock Christ. And he still offers that forgiveness to anyone who wants to come to him, no matter how they've treated him in the past, no matter how they've mocked him, scorned him, belittled him, rejected him, he still offers that. So I think that's important uh, to understand, Katie, that the, the circumstances don't necessarily change on our responsibility to forgive. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I think um, that is very true. Like we need to, you know, understand the reason for forgiveness, everything you shared already as we go into these hard conversations with people so that, you know, no matter the response, we know we're doing it for the right reason. Right. And it's not so much based on how they respond. And I think that, you know, kind of goes along too with, with what I had mentioned earlier, kind of switching gears a little bit here with, with the boundaries, mm -hmm. you know, like when you had shared that with me, you know, like, um, how, when we place boundaries, when people are, are, uh, their behaviors are hurtful towards us and we have to, you know, place some boundaries, um, that, that we're not placing those boundaries so much to get, uh, to get them to do something. It's more, um, boundaries on ourselves for protection, you know, for ourselves. And that kind of leads into the second question, because I think, um, I think sometimes in Christian communities too, we have this thought that, uh, placing boundaries on people, um, are, is unloving and, and it's, it's mean spirited or it's not Christ-like, um, it's cutting people off or just mean. And so it, we, we wrestle with that. Like, how am I loving this person if I'm putting boundaries on them? Um, and so I, I, I wanted to just say, how do you feel like having good appropriate boundaries on ourselves, um, benefits a relationship? How is it actually the most loving thing we can do sometimes? Well, and that's probably a, a tougher question. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I've always struggled with this thing uh, called boundaries. Um, and my struggle is this. I think there is such a, my wife and I were just talking about this this morning. And, uh, you know, we, we both agreed there is such a thing as boundaries. The, the difference is this. The, the problem with boundaries is they're very subjective. They're very uh, subjective. In other words, we can put boundaries because we think that's the boundaries we want to have, even if they're just boundaries that we put around ourselves. I, I think that a good, your question was, what's a good appropriate boundary? Um, a good appropriate boundary is a biblical boundary. I don't know that I have the right to go beyond the, the boundaries that, that God puts on. Uh, in relationships, if a if a Christian is living in sin, uh, and they've been confronted about that sin, and they refuse to change that, you know, the Apostle Paul says in First Corinthians six, we're not even to sit down and have a meal with them. That's a boundary. Um, that kind of thing. Um, Jesus talked about the discipline of a Christian 
that the church has to bring about. That's on repentance of sin in, in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 18. And so I think you have to be very prayerful, even about boundaries you set around yourself. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times, what do we put a boundary on for? It's a self-protection thing. Okay. But sometimes, um, sometimes there are times that, that, that becomes a, a self-centered thing and not a God thing. And so, um, I, I want, I want to be careful not to criticize, uh, people's boundaries, but I think what's happened with this whole subject of boundaries is we're, we're very quick now to think that we can put these boundaries on ourselves, or like you said, uh, which most people do, is they put them on other people. I can't restrict, you know, you put a boundary. I remember one time a gal said why she was talking about uh, her husband and and, and, it, and he was kind of a verbally abusive individual. And, and she said, um, she said, well, I put a boundary on him. I told him he can't talk to me like that anymore. And I just looked at her and I said, that's not a boundary. I said, the only way that he can't talk to you like that anymore is if you get a gun and shoot him. How, how, how is he not going to talk to you like that? You, 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 first of all, he weighs 240 some pounds. You, you may be 110 at most. What are you going to do unless you know some kind of high foo yak karate or something like that? He's going to talk to you any way he wants to talk to you. You can't, that's, that's not a boundary. You can't put that on him. Uh, but what you can say is uh, because you, they were separated at the time in uh, phone conversations. And I, I said, if he talks like that on a phone, what you can say is kindly and respectfully to him. You can say, you know, um, I just feel at this point that that the way we're talking is not good for each other, and I'm going to hang up now. And if you continue to talk to me like that, I'm just not going to talk to you on the phone. That's a boundary. Okay, that, that that's fine. And we do those in respectful ways. We do those, you know, with, if we set those kind of things, they do have to be respectful. Uh, they can't, they're, they're, we never set a boundary to retaliate. Right. We never set a boundary to hurt the person who's hurt us, because what that does is that displays this unforgiving attitude, this unforgiving spirit that we have. So, yeah, there there are good appropriate boundaries, but the best ones are which one does the Bible allow? You know, which ones do the Bibles talk about? Because, uh, again, th that's an objective boundary, because here's what God says you can do. Um rather than, well, here's what I'm going to do because this benefits me. And um, and so many boundaries are like that. So I think we just have to be careful with that, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, and I, th I think where I was going with that question, too, was just how can, when we do it objectively, like you're saying, and not subjectively, and we're doing it biblically, how can that actually be loving, like, you know, how can that benefit a relationship, um, well, in your opinion? Yeah, I think I, I think the way that it's loving is how you approach it, how mm -hmm. you put it on. If it's done in anger, if it's done in disrespect, if it's done in uh, retaliation, that's right. not loving. If it's done because every time you're around that person, there's a blow up and yeah. you get mad and they get mad and that kind of thing. Well, that's not that's not spiritual either. 
So if it, it, it may allow, like, for instance, just saying to uh, this, this wife, saying to her husband, you know, when you talk to me like that, I, I'm just going to hang up the phone. Right. You, you know, because basically what you're saying is you're... Uh, you're you're helping them to see they need they you want to talk to them but they need to talk to you in a different manner right right they, they need civil kind mm -hmm. um that kind of thing so there is a lovingness in the way that you do it you know uh and and here's the thing i think you always have to understand katie even if it, even if you putting it on lovingly the person may not receive it that way yeah so you can't you can't judge whether you've done it lovingly or not because of how the person reacts because they you know especially uh, when you have um, a narcissistic uh, person that you're dealing with they're not going to see anything done like that as loving because again that just they just feel like that cuts them off you know and and they can't handle that. But um, yeah, I think there's times when that is necessary, but but it, it's got to be done in a respectful way, a loving way. Um, it's got to be done with a lot of prayer so that you, you are reflecting still the love of God uh, to a person that's doing that. A again, no matter how much uh, they've treated you know there's a passage um, a passage that I would encourage people to uh, read is out of first Peter Peter 2 and again Jesus is our example of this mm -hmm. you know um, first Peter 2 uh, beginning verse 18 he talks about slaves uh, of course there were a lot of slaves in the Roman Empire and a lot of slaves that came to Christ um, and so simply because they came to Christ as a slave didn't mean that they no longer had to obey their master. That didn't mean they weren't in slavery anymore. And so Peter writes this about slaves. He says uh, in verse 18, 1 Peter 2, he says, uh, Slaves, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and you're beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and you suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. And then he says, here's the reason why. Verse 21, because you've been called to this. You've been called to this because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Now, I've heard people say, well, yeah, well, it's okay. for That's Jesus. He was perfect to do that. Well, yes, he was, but he said we're to follow in his steps. So he's given us something here that's not impossible. It's impossible for us in the flesh to do, but it's not impossible when we're being directed by the Spirit to respond the right way because it says he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth when he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. That's verbal abuse. And when he suffered, he didn't threaten. That's physical abuse. But continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. In other words, there's sometimes when you just have to turn it over to God. You know, um, so yeah, the, the, the whole thing that we just have to be careful with, I think, with, with the whole boundary thing is that we just don't become too subjective to it and not... Uh, run our boundaries by the lens of scripture uh, mm -hmm. 
know, and, and in prayer. So if we do that, and if we do that, we have a greater chance then of being loving when we when we set those boundaries, you know, that there's not the anger, there's not the retaliation, there's not, we're not doing this thing out of bitterness and and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I found that to be true, you know, for myself in this last season of um, just because I, I was hurt in the same ways that I had been hurt already. Um, but this time was different in that um, the, uh, the everything was just as as harmful that the hurt was just as bad uh, maybe even worse in some ways but the way i responded to it was different because i was um coming from a different place spiritually um and you know really seeking the lord and i felt like i was able to um maintain a level of peace that didn't make sense in the circumstances and from that place um mm-hmm the boundaries that I set, um, were, were, were more in a loving way. They weren't retaliative in nature. I wasn't trying to punish. Um, you know, I was trying to uh, protect. I definitely was trying to protect, but I was also trying to, um, and I think this is more what Dr. James Dobson talks about his book. I was also trying to get out of the way, so to speak. Some of the boundaries that I had to place, I felt like were so that I wasn't getting in the way. Like I wasn't, um, that I could put the boundary on myself to, to, to not try to fix the situation in my own strength or to not try to change this person, um, who, you know, like, and, but that I was uh, like getting out of the way and, and holding myself, you know, like focusing on my, my walk with the Lord and getting my comfort and everything that I needed from him and allowing him to do the work in, Josh's life that needed to be done that I couldn't do. Um, and so it was, it, the, the boundaries for me were, were, like you said, I think coming from a loving place of, even though I was hurt, um, I didn't feel like angry and vindictive. Um, I just needed to have these boundaries so that I would not interfere and step into a place that was not my place to be in that moment. And that I needed to work on me. He needed to work on him. Um, and it, and it worked in that sense. Like I, the boundaries like that I placed weren't what fixed everything by any means, but it did help. Um, I think it really did help in, in the healing for both of us. Um, and I think you said something really good there, honey. You said a couple things really good. One is, uh, if you set the boundaries for the purpose of teaching the other person some lesson, then you know, that's not, that's not it. Because the bottom line is we don't teach people anything. God has to transform a person's heart. God Mm -hmm. has to do that work. And, and you're right. Sometimes we got to get out of the way. And sometimes if uh, the boundary you set keeps you from being reacting uh, angrily uh, with hostility, uh, when vindictive, vindictiveness, um, that hinders God's work in the other person's life. So if you're able to remove yourself from that, that allows God then the, the freedom to be able to work in that person's life, uh, you know, completely. So I think that's a good thing. The other thing that you really mentioned too, is you, <laughs> you had a piece that was unexplainable. And I think that's really true. When we, when we walk with God uh, in the midst of a crisis situation, but we are seeking him and we're seeking him alone. I just think of what Paul said in Philippians 4, 
that the peace of God, which goes beyond understanding, guards our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It goes beyond understanding. What does that mean? You can't understand it. Therefore, you can't explain it to anybody. Somebody right. says, how can you be so peaceful? I have no idea. You know, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, it, it, it just comes from God. So I, I think uh, those are two things. And I think having that peace demonstrates that what you're doing is is of God, okay? Because it's not causing you to respond in a way that is unchristlike, even though you, you've, you've set some of these boundaries around yourself. Yes, yes. Well, um, Dad, um, just in closing here, just for time's sake, did you have any um, any final thoughts or anything that you would um, just want to close with to mainly to the person who's uh, listening to this today, who is struggling with maybe forgiveness. We talked about that or struggling with how to respond in, in healthy ways to someone who continues to hurt them. Um, and then if, if you want to share those closing thoughts and then just close us in prayer. Okay. Um, that would be great. Yeah, I will. And you know, as I was sitting here, um, there wasn't anything that came to my mind and I'm kind of thinking, Oh, okay, Lord. Uh, what? And then all of a sudden, this passage came to me in Romans 12. And I remember you memorized Romans 12 one time. Mm -hmm. And um, you know what? I just think this is a great way to close. Romans 12, verse 17 through 21. Repay no one evil for evil. Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And if possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Mm. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So to the contrary, here's our part. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. And this is a quote from Proverbs 3. And it goes on to say, Solomon said in the rest of Proverbs 3, and the Lord will reward you. Mm. The Lord will reward you. So don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I, I think that the most important thing we can do is, of course, number one, fully forgive, okay, which frees yourself. And number two, even in a person who has hurt you, to keep your heart from be, being bitter, invest something of value into their lives. Now, maybe... Maybe you're at a point where you, you can't be in a relationship with that person, so it's not, but you can invest prayer mm -hmm. into their life. You can invest speaking good things about them. Uh, for some people, you may have to work really hard to find that, but you know you need to do that. That's what Jesus said in Luke 6, uh, love your enemies, uh, bless those who curse you. There's an investment. Do good to those who hate you. There's an investment. And pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. And so I think th those are the keys. Because remember what we really want to do is we don't want to be overwhelmed with evil. Yeah. We want to overcome the evil. Well, what's the evil? Bitterness, hatred, anger, spite, all those things are the evil. We want to overcome that with, with good. Yes. So those would be my final words. Well, let me let me let me close in prayer. Father, I thank you uh, this morning for being able to just open your word. And Lord, if there's anything that uh, the two things that I pray that you'd bring across 
to those that are listening today is that number one is that forgiveness is for them. It's for them. No matter how deeply they've been hurt, how deeply they've been wounded, Lord, there is, there is power for freedom in forgiving. And I pray that you will dispel false theories, false opinions about forgiveness and allow the clear teaching of your word to saturate their minds. And that, Father, you would also uh, help them if they've been in relationships that are toxic, hurtful, wound, wounded, that, Lord, there would be a return of investment that they would make to that person, whether it's just praying for them, whether it's some way just saying something good about them to someone else. Uh, Father, because we know that Jesus said where, you, where our treasure is, where our investment is, that's where our heart will be also. And we don't want to run the risk of our hearts becoming hard to you. So thank you for what you teach us always through your word. Uh, it has the answers for everything that we need in life. And so we're grateful that you've given it to us and you've given us the resident author and teacher of that word, the Holy Spirit, to live within us. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. today's episode and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored and Always. You can also email me at katie at anchoredandalways.com or visit my website anchoredandalways.com for more information. Also, my new book, Into the Storm, is also available now on Amazon. It's in Kindle, hardcover, and paperback version, so grab your copy today. I will put all of these links in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Please take a minute to subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.